Hello and welcome to the Faces of Food podcast. I'm Dr. Sandro, the CEO of EAT, and recording live at the EAT Stockholm Food Forum 2019. And I have to say, I'm pretty excited about our next guest. Not only is she a food waste fighter, a total champion, an inspiration, and an Australian, uh, <laughs> but she's the founder and the, the the brains and the brawn behind Oz Harvest. Ronnie Khan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It is such a treat to be here. It is extraordinary. Well, we're very excited. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and, and what brought you here? Why, how did you end up in Stockholm, Ronnie? Well, the exciting thing is I got invited. So I've known all about EAT for the last five, six years. Oh, wow. I was invited last year and couldn't come and thought, that's it. They'll never invite me again. (laughs) Off the Christmas card list. Exactly. And I got invited and it was the first thing I locked out in my calendar. I said, I am coming because I had met Gunhild very briefly at a UN event in New York Mm. a couple of years ago, had followed and knew what it was all about. And given my activism and given the role that I feel I'm committed to play Mm. in this space, it just was an obvious place that I wanted to be at. It makes sense for you to be here. Absolutely. We we love having you here. (laughs) Thank you so much. So there are a thousand people in the audience this week. There's an incredible all-star cast out there. But we really want to use this podcast to get behind the scenes of individuals, of really inspiring leaders, hence yourself. So I'd love to go through a day in the life of Ronnie, if that's okay. Sure. Let's start with at your table every day, what are we eating together? So I am... Probably flexitarian mm-hmm. in that I'm vegetarian, but I do eat sustainable fish mm-hmm. if I know that it's sustainable. Um, so my breakfast is actually a smoothie mm. um, with yummy, delicious things in it. Like it's always got a banana, dates, some green, tahini. Tahini. Yeah, cocoa, cinnamon, chia. And almond milk. All right. And I'm, nuts. I'm nuts. Coming, we're coming for breakfast. Absolutely. I'm, it's Everybody <laughs> loves my smoothies. Delicious. So, so it's a great start to the day. What does a morning look like for Ronnie Khan? So in my head, I will tell you that I do yoga every day. <laughs> but given that I travel so much, I haven't done yoga for weeks. But my day starts with yoga. Mm-hmm. If I am in Sydney for a period of time. And so that would be at six, six thirty in the morning. And then it's a quick smoothie, breakfast, and I'm out to the office or to meetings. I don't run the day to day operations of the business. Mm-hmm. However, every week I meet with my full management team individually and in a management meeting. But really, I'm out, I'm meeting potential partners. I'm meeting potential ideas, people, entrepreneurs, people that I can feed off or that I can glean, learn, or share what we do. Given that we are philanthropically funded, every relationship for me is fundamental. It's about authentic, beautiful relationships, but I never know what will lead to what. So you've described what what happens when you get up, but what gets you up? What drives you? You have so much energy, Ronnie. Yeah, I mean, you can yeah. feel it from Australia 
in Sweden and vice versa? What What is it that drives you? You know, I am so blessed and privileged to have found my dharma, to have found my path. Mm. And so what motivates me every day is knowing. So one of our programs is is called Nourish. And in that program, we take vulnerable youth between 15 to 25 these are kids that have never had a positive learning experience. These are kids that nobody has ever said you could be successful. These are kids that have fallen out of school and somehow somebody has said, go and try the Nourish program. So they walk in, head down, no eye contact, and six months later they leave they stand up at their graduation and they say, you've opened a door that we didn't know existed. Mm. So if you want to know what gets me up every day is knowing that I might have changed the life of one kid who now might, not might, has an opportunity to be whatever they want to be. Amazing. When when we look at your work, Ronnie, it just, I mean, you've gone from strength to strength with Oz Harvest and again, huge congratulations on your national award this week in Australia as well, hugely uh, deserved. Um, but I think it's important also, I mean, what, what are some of the challenges that you face? Uh, you must have faced so many, but over, obviously overcome them. But what, what are some of those challenges that you're facing at the moment that we might be able to help with? Yeah. So I guess one of our biggest challenges is given the size that we've grown and given that our purpose is to nourish our country. And, and the reason I use that as our purpose, mm. it's because it allows me to do anything new and innovative as long as it still nourishes our country. Yeah. I love that. So. From farm to fork, you can be nourishing the country. Exactly. So fundamentally, I keep coming up and my team keep coming up with really impactful new programs. For us, it's all about minimizing food waste, upskilling vulnerable Australians, and ultimately putting ourselves out of business. So what drives me is our sustainability because we are now a $15 million a year business. Mm. That is huge to raise philanthropically. We have a couple of million that, that is social enterprise revenue. So I'm constantly needing to either come up with new ideas that will sustain us or new programs that people will invest in. And the biggest challenge is that people love our new programs and the core fundamental business of rescuing food, you know, that $25 million a year nobody wants to fund because that's not sexy. Mm. It's core, it's basic, it's saving, you know, millions of kilos from going to landfill and providing magnificent food to feed and and provide food security to the food insecure. Mm. But people don't want to fund that. And so it's how do you manage that? So that's one of the challenges. Yeah. The other is because I have a million ideas. It's focusing them and not following through on every one of my ideas. So what 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 is your dream project? I mean, what what is the big idea on the horizon for you and for your organisation? Somebody has just decided they're going to buy me a building because I want a restaurant. Good. And coupled with that, Massimo Bottura who is the number one chef yes, in the world, who him and I have always been saying, we, I'm going to open his refectoria in Sydney. 
Well, we've now decided to do that. Wow. So that is our next project, opening a refertoria. With finding, Massimo Batura. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, with Massimo, finding the right site. So that's, that's exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. So that's one of the things coming up. Okay, we, we have to leave work because we, I, I know you can talk about work <laughs> all day yeah. and I can feel your passion across the table. But uh, we've left work and we're going for dinner. Which three people, dead or alive, anywhere in history, would you invite to the ultimate dinner party and why? So without any question, <laughs> um, Nelson Mandela okay, would be my numero uno because I think he's, yeah, he's, he's the truest leader that I believe the world has seen for a very, very long time. I'd probably invite Richard Branson because although he once disappointed me in a talk, he is the ultimate believer and dreamer and, and makes those dreams come true. Mm. So I think that in terms of his energy and capacity to fulfill, he's pretty awesome. Mm. I'd invite him, and I'd probably invite, hmm, well, Mother Teresa to be reminded of the humility of someone who just absolutely did what she was meant to be doing. And what, what would you serve them? I'd serve them an exquisite vegetarian um <laughs> I'd make homemade pasta. I would do beautiful veggies, roast veggies, because they're just always so comforting mm. and yummy. And I would have a couple of beautiful salads mm. and always either a couscous or maybe frika or maybe brown rice or majdara. I love Middle Eastern food. There'd always no. be hummus on my table. Yeah. So the, that sounds delicious. Sorry, my, my mind disappeared off into a feast with the four of you for a moment. Um, coming back, the, the Eat Lancet, which was published in January this year, sets yeah. out uh, a diet that is good for both us as humans but also the planet, yeah. so crucial to the sustainability of our natural environment, our yeah. ecosystems, biodiversity, all the things you're very passionate about. Absolutely. Um, and it calls for a dramatic reduction in food loss and waste, of course. It also calls for a change in our diets, increases in fresh fruits, vegetables, whole nuts, grains, seeds, healthy oils, and reductions in uh, meat, red meat in particular, in the mm -hmm. parts of the world we come from, reductions in added sugar and processed foods. It sounds like you already have a pretty flexitarian eat Lancet diet, but what would you need to change to to walk the talk? Nothing. I eat nuts um, really. It's exactly the, the food that I eat. Mm because it makes me feel better, apart from the fact that I know that it's better for the planet. So I just saw on a screen there was a slide showing the biggest meat eaters in the world, and mm. Australia is number one. Yeah. Yeah. That was a I, – I didn't realize. I knew that we were the – I knew that we were up there with maybe the top three or five. I didn't yeah. realize we were number one. So for me, very little would have to change. I put nuts into my smoothie, all of my rices, or I will always add seeds, and we eat lots of veggies in my family. My, my one son is vegan. Their family are vegan. The other is mostly vegetarian. 
and for those, because we're on a podcast, for those who are listening, you look fantastic. So, <laughs> you know, whatever you're doing, keep doing it, Ronnie. Thank you. It's a bit depressing when you look in the mirror. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so at all. But so, so let's, you yeah. know, I feel like we're already having pretty big conversations, but let's yeah. wrap up with some even bigger questions. Yeah. So what does food mean to you as, you know, inspiring leader, yeah. a business leader, yeah. a visionary, you know, but also an Australian, a global citizen? What does food mean to you? Food is about sharing. Food is about caring and food is about dignity. And every single human being has the right to have all three. Food is the connector, the fundamental, fundamental. And to me, that's, that's one of the other things that drives me. Everybody deserves to have food choices and healthy food to grow up healthy. I love that. And, and, you know, it's so evident even in what you just said about Australians and the diets that we're currently consuming that we're, we're so far from achieving those three things for, you know, every one of our fellow Australians, let alone the 10 billion people that will live on this planet by mid-century. I mean, we talk about a great food transformation and it's going to have to happen in Australia just as much as anywhere else. What does that mean to you? I mean, what, what do you think we need to be doing to, to get to where we need to be? So I think that actually I think one of the solutions to this big challenge and and Australia is so aware of food. I mean, we are food obsessed. We watch every apparently we took I, I don't to the world. Yeah, I don't have a TV, but MasterChef has gone to the world, you know, my kitchen rules. So our chefs have become absolute celebrities. Mm. I am convinced when I get back and I've been working on this, but I'm even more convinced that I am going to be using our chefs as ambassadors for good yeah. in this whole journey to shift and change behavior. Our challenge is that in most of our top chefs' restaurants, meat is very much on their agenda, but they are all talking about sustainable meat. They're all talking about from paddock to plate mm. or nose to tail. So at least that is part of their agenda. But I think I have to get them on board to be sharing the message that less is more, that it's possible to do nose to tail, it's possible to do plate to paddock, but it could be once a week and doesn't have to be five times a week. Mm. And I think that they have such an enormous role to play in yeah. this because they're so powerful. I do an event once a year with 50 of Australia's top chefs. So we build 50 pop-up kitchens. We invite 1,500 of our clients. So it is the VIP night out for vulnerable and homeless people in Australia. The sous chefs are 250 to 300 business leaders who have to pay for the privilege. So for me, it's this fundraiser. Mm. But it is the most exquisite night. So the chefs are part of my family. They love and endorse everything that we do because they themselves are not necessarily wasting. They love and value food. But we have to teach people to value food again, I love to that. appreciate it. In our audience, you've, you know, you've talked to the policymakers, you've talked to the entrepreneurs, you've talked to the social transformers, but we also have some amazing scientists here this week. And what are the questions you need answered from the world's best scientists to be able to 
to take Oz, Oz Harvest to the world to end food waste, loss and waste, you know, once and for all? What what can we call the scientists to help you with? So first of all, I am loving all the science. It's just phenomenal. Look, I think that what I'm looking for behavioral scientists because mm. what our biggest challenge is is how to shift and change our behavior. Every time we blame business, every time we blame products, every time we blame the supermarkets, who runs business? People. Who runs supermarkets? People. Who walks into supermarkets to buy the products that they're complaining that shouldn't be there? People. So we are responsible. We are the solution. I I always frame it in the positive. We are the solution. But we haven't cracked yet what it is that's going to take us from A to B, to, to to look after this planet of ours. And so if together with science we can come up with what it is that we need to do, that all of us food fighters, because ostensibly a thousand people here understand and agree that I think we would be hard-pressed to find one person here mm. that doesn't understand the value and the extent of climate change and food, what we eat, cons- you know, the consumption. So we have a thousand people here. Maybe this is the train and cascade method. Maybe we have to give each one of these people the ability to go out and become change makers. Mm. So I, I think I have, I have a feeling I, I, I might know what the answer to this next question is, but okay. there are millions of young people around the world taking to the streets in the last months to demand action on climate change. What are you taking to the streets about? <laughs> yes, equality. Yeah. Equality of what we eat, how we share food, and how we share our planet. Mm. Why in Australia, four million people need food relief and suffer from food security. In South Africa, where we've just opened, 12 million people a night need food relief. Mm. And a quarter of all of those are kids. So that's just those two countries. I haven't spoken about China. We haven't spoken about America. So for me, what I think we've got to get out onto the streets about is to recognize that we have to value food. We have to change our eating habits. We have to value our planet and take care of it now. It is urgent. Mm. I loved somebody said it is an emergency. Mm. And unless we shift and change that, what will be for my grandchild? Are you optimistic? Yes. I am. I believe that we can do it. What we you, have to. What, what makes you optimistic? Seeing Greta, seeing and understanding that millennials and younger people will not put up with the crap that we have dished out to them, mm. that they are fighting back. And so I have to believe that they want change even more than we do. They want this planet and they will not take it for granted. And we have. Ronnie, you are an absolute inspiration. You're a national treasure. Thank you so much for coming across and joining us in Stockholm this week. And thank you for joining us on the podcast. All the best for the rest of the Eat Forum. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to meet exquisite people (laughs) and to be here in Stockholm and to experience Eat. And I will be back. We look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you.